Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everyone and welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson, and I am so very excited about my next guest. Dr. Michael Greger is an awarded physician, a New York Times bestselling author, an internationally recognized speaker, lecturer, and expert on a number of important public health issues. He's also the founder of his own 501c3 nonprofit, NutritionFacts.org. It is the very first science-based non-commercial website that provides free education through videos and articles and daily doses on the latest discoveries in nutrition. And it also helps remind us of the basics. All the proceeds from doctors speaking engagements, the sale of his books, et cetera, it's all donated to charity. With a career that soared out of the trajectory of his grandmother's miraculous recovery from near death when he was young and recognizing the significance of that journey as an adult, Dr. Greger made it his life mission to educate as many millions as he could reach about evidence-based eating and the power of food. I am honored and thrilled to have him on my show. Dr. Michael Greger, welcome. You are in my heart. I know you're glad to be here, even though you're not saying anything. I am totally anything. glad to be here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to dive right in, doctor. Let's start with a couple simple truths. Simple truth number one is that most doctors are good at treating acute illnesses, but bad at preventing chronic disease. Like in other words, medical doctors are trained and treated in illness and disease, but not in preventing illness and disease. Can you dive into that for us a little bit? Yeah, not just uh, not good at preventing disease, but not good at treating chronic disease. Um, And so with uh, pills and procedures, we can, for example, slow down the rate at which our type 2 diabetics become blind and lose their kidney function, go on dialysis, lose their lower limbs. But unless you treat the underlying cause, which is a lousy diet, then, you know, all we can do is slow down the rate at which you decline. So, I mean, we need to treat the cause of lifestyle diseases. And that's how you can actually reverse disease. So how go from type 2 diabetes to no type 2 diabetes or reverse heart disease or reverse high blood pressure. Um, that really should be the goal. But unfortunately, physicians, uh, that is not the, the center of their training, um, and that's for a whole variety of, uh, of reasons. 
Okay, so we're not going to be able to fix what doctors are, are taught right this hot second or the doctors that we're seeing are taught. So we have to be our own advocates, right? We have to know that we have to ask the right questions in the case that the doctor won't. So you've written two amazing books. You've got a lot of cookbooks. I'm going to just get into that, How Not to Die and How Not to Diet. In your book, How Not to Die, this is about foods that are scientifically proven to prevent and reverse disease. So, and in your book, How Not to Diet, it's really the groundbreaking science behind healthy and permanent weight loss. But they really do go hand in hand, Doc. And why did you feel that you needed to write these books? For me, it's like going back to college. I love listening to your books. But why did you feel as a doctor that you needed to tell patients how not to diet and how not to die? Uh, Well, how not to die uh, really came about uh, from my grandmother. Um, I was just a kid when my grandma was sent home in a wheelchair to die. She had end-stage heart disease, uh, confined in a wheelchair, crushing chest pain. Her life was over at age 65 after one too many bypass surgeries. You just can't go in there. You get all scarred up inside. And then she heard about this guy, Nathan Pritikin, one of early lifestyle medicine pioneers. What happened next is actually detailed in Pritikin's biography. It talks about Frances Greger, my grandmother. They wheeled her in. And she walked out, uh, though she was given a medical death sentence at age 65, thanks to a healthy diet, was able to enjoy another 31 years on this planet till age 96 to continue to enjoy her six grandkids, including me. That's why I went into medicine. That's why I practiced lifestyle medicine, um, why I started the website nutritionfacts.org, why I wrote the book, How Not to Die, why all the proceeds. I receive from all my books are donated directly to charity. I just want to do for everyone's family what Pritikin did for my family. That's beautiful. So unlike a lot of doctors that you see out there kind of like putting their names, stamping your names on products and things like that, you are literally, to me, what I love is you are science-based. You're about facts. You're not about your opinions, although I think you have great opinions. You report the facts. And boy, are we lackluster in facts today. We are so opinion-based. So the facts are that there's only one guide in the entire world out there that's proven to have no side effects and is actually proven to reverse and prevent disease. And that is a plant-based whole food, plant-based diet. Now, why is it buried? Why don't we know that your research, if you read your books and they're big people, they're big, they're amazing. And they're research items and you should have them. Everybody should have them in their libraries. But why is it doctor that these facts get buried that what we find out in medicine, when scientists find out truths that should be shared and then practice, they're buried. Why does that happen? Well, you know, doctors have a severe nutrition deficiency in education. Most doctors just never taught about the impact healthy nutrition can have on the course of illness. And so they graduate without this powerful tool in their medical toolbox. Now, there are also institutional uh, barriers as well, uh, time constraints, lack of reimbursement. You know, in general, doctors simply aren't paid for counseling people on how to take better care of themselves. Of course, drug companies play a role as well in influencing both medical education and practice. You, know, you can ask your doctor, when's the last time they were taken out to dinner by Big Broccoli? It's probably been a while. Um, but I think we're in a, a very similar state to where we were, for example, with tobacco in the 1950s. Um, you know, there were already decades, starting from the 30s, 
of science linking smoking with lung cancer, but it was simply ignored because smoking was normal. Most doctors smoked. The average per capita cigarette consumption, 4,000 cigarettes a year, meaning the average person walking around smoked half pack a day. The American Medical Association was reassuring everyone that smoking in moderation was totally fine. (laughs) So there was this disconnect between the science and the public policy. It took more than 25 years and 7,000 studies before the Surgeon General report against smoking came out in the 60s. But until the uh, system changes, until the powers that be finally come around to the science, we need to take personal responsibility for our own health, for our family's health. We can't wait until society catches up to the science again because it's a matter of life and death. Our diet today in America kills more people than smoking. So that's nutrition, right? So we have Surgeon General warnings all over our cigarettes, but we have no warnings on our food. And, you know, convenience is killing us, doctor. You know, GMOs are making us fat and obese and, you know, high sugar and and refined processed foods are causing type 2 diabetes and obesity. And these are chronic diseases that can be reversed, just like with your grandmother who was suffering from heart disease with the right diet. She started living again. So we have to talk to people. It's not just about what they look like. It's about your health. It's for life and death. Can we talk a little bit about that? So, I mean, according to the Global Burden of Disease Study, which is the largest study of disease risk factors in history funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the number one cause of death in these United States is indeed the American diet. Bumping tobacco to number two, cigarettes now only kill about a half million Americans every year, whereas our diet kills many more. I say, wait a second. If diet's the number one cause of death and disability, then certainly, you know, diet is the number one thing taught in medical school, right? Nutrition is the number one thing your doctor talks to you about at every single visit, right? Uh, so again, there's this disconnect between what the science says and how mainstream medicine is actually practiced. It's kind of an unfortunate situation, um, but we can become advocates for ourselves and we can whether or not our doctor keeps smoking, we can, uh, we can decide to quit ourselves. You can't put anything on anybody else. You can only do what's good for you. Like Dr. Gregor, while we're having this podcast, is on his treadmill right now because he's multitasking because working out and exercise is important to his longevity. And yes, that's indeed. what we're talking about, right? We're talking about a longer, healthier, happier life. One of the things that I talk a lot to my listeners about is that being healthy doesn't pay. So it doesn't pay the insurance companies. It doesn't pay big pharma. It doesn't pay the hospitals. When we're healthy, the only people that benefit is ourselves and our families and the people that love us. It doesn't pay to be healthy. So can you talk to the listeners about that and why their choices with their dollars are so important? And we're going to get to your books, which are such amazing resources of evidence-based fact, not opinion. And he does tell you what he eats because people want to know, but that's at the back of the book. Talk about your process, doctor, and how you arrive at your facts. Um, uh, from the uh, gold standard, which is the peer-reviewed scientific uh, medical literature. It does not exist in science unless it's uh, peer-reviewed and published. But, of course, there's a tremendous uh, range in quality of sources, even in the uh, literature. Um, and so, uh, you know, you have to, you have to, to dive deep, and thankfully— um, people have enabled me to do that. I've, I, you know, used to just do it as a hobby on my own, but, uh, people are so uh, appreciative of the support. I started nonprofit and now I can do this full time. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I can read the, 
thousands of studies, so you don't have to. That's right. Um, and uh, happy to do it, uh, to uh, learn to both eat and live healthy myself, my family, and then to share that knowledge with others. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, is there are a lot of variables in studies and what we found and what you even, I knew it, but you reinforce it in me reading your books is, is that, well, let's go back to cigarettes. For example, I know the tobacco industry spent a whole lot of money in the fact that people were losing weight from smoking cigarettes, right? Staying skinny, smoking cigarettes, but it was killing people. So they weren't really talking about that. So can you talk a little bit about what to be wary of for people that are listening when they hear, oh, studies say and tests say the variables are so wide and vast, but you test the variables. You put everything to the test, every well, single yeah. theory. Well, my advice would be don't trust the person telling you this information. Go to the original source. Don't trust me. In fact, that's why I show them. I mean, if you look at a nutrition facts video, it's yeah. just me showing this. Here's the paper. Here's the table. Here's the quote. And then here's the link to the full text PDF. You can read the whole thing, you know, and, and make sure I didn't take anything out of context. Um, don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. When it comes to something as life and death important as to what to see, feed yourself and your family, uh, you know, you don't want to just leave it to, you know, uh, you know, random, you know, grocery store aisle, checkout aisle magazines. Or, you know, when I, when I was in clinical medicine, people would come to me, these crazy diets, and I'd be like, why do you eat this way? And they're like, oh, yeah, some dude at the gym told me to. I'm like, seriously, right? I mean, like, look, if you're buying a toaster on Amazon, then, yeah, sure, some random opinion of somebody, you know, could be, be meaningful to you, right? To pick one toaster or another over another toaster. But when it comes to life and death, decisions, you really have to rely on the best available balance of evidence and uh, go to the source and figure it out yourself. I would like to push back against one thing you said, though, and that was this thought that convenience, you said convenience is killing us Mm. Um, and, you know, blame, you know, the processed food industry. But look, what could be more convenient than an apple? It's it's even got edible packaging, literally no time at all. You grab it and you eat it. So some of the touche, doc, are touche. Some of the most convenient foods. You yeah. don't have to, you don't have to, 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 to you know, uh, kind of mortgage your health for convenience. Uh, you can have the best of both worlds. Some of the healthiest foods are some of the cheapest foods. Some of the healthiest foods are some of the most convenient foods. And so, yeah, we don't want to make people think it's some kind of elitist thing that you have to get some fancy whatever and slave at the stove. You know, these are simple, easy, tasty, delicious, wonderful, healthy foods. Well, there's nothing like a good hair day. Get on your way to good hair in just five minutes with Way's new hair gloss. Not only does hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhances color vibrancy to get your hair looking and feeling healthier. I love it. It's my perfect boost between salon visits for color enhancement, protection, and shine. Waze Hair Gloss is an easy addition to any routine. All it takes is five minutes. Get your shine on and protection treatment right in the shower. Hair Gloss helps prevent heat damage up to 450 degrees and your hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant. Get your shine on in the shower with Way's new hair gloss. Made with hyaluronic acid and rice water, it provides immediate shine 
helps treat damage, and enhances color vibrancy. In a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother. And you can have more good hair days with Waze bestsellers like their leave-in conditioner. This multitasker conditions, detangles, hydrates, and fights frizz for every hair type. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use promo code in my heart for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com promo code in my heart. Now back to my show. Not all food is created equal. So let's talk about the basics and let's talk about the difference in protein. So the difference in protein that you're getting from a plant-based protein versus the different that you're getting from an animal-based protein, the vitamins and minerals, the fats that go along it. Let's study those two. Let's talk about the difference between those two. Yeah, so there are actually differences in the proteins themselves. For example, more branched-chain amino acids and sulfur-containing amino acids in animal foods in general compared to plant foods, making the plant proteins themselves healthier, but also it's the package. It's the protein package, right? So if you go to the Harvard School of Public Health website and you look at their uh, nutrition page, they say plant protein is preferable. Why? Because of the plant package. Yes, Beef has iron, protein has pork, uh, dairy has calcium. But what about all the baggage that comes along with that? As much as Burger King says you can have it your way, you can't be like, yeah, can I get the iron but hold the saturated fat, hold the cholesterol, have that? No, it all comes together. So by getting your calcium from dark green leafy vegetables instead, then instead of the baggage, you get this bonus. You get the fiber and the folate and the iron, potassium, all the things you're missing out when you're getting dairy sources of calcium. So because food is a package deal, the best sources of protein are, for example, legumes, beans, split peas, chickpeas, and lentils. You get everything you expect in a high-protein food like iron and zinc, but without the saturated fat cholesterol with the bonus of the fiber folate. And so you really get the best of both worlds when you go for plant sources of protein. So the other thing is, is that people are like, well, I have to be vegan. Like I'm a carnivore. I'm a human being. I don't want to have to give up meat. And it's overconsumption is what some of the issues are. And also then conventional farming of the animal proteins that we're eating. So we, you can touch on that, but I also want to bring then up the case of organic versus conventional when it comes to vegetables. Like you have your own uh, dozen list, but there's also the dirty dozen and the clean 15. And these are provided tools for Americans to look and say, if I can't afford organic or it's not available to me, what is the vegetable that I can buy? So for example, spinach takes on a lot more pesticides than romaine lettuce. So can you talk a little bit about, I say, if you can get a vegetable over an animal protein that you have no idea where it's come from, eat the vegetable. I don't care if it's organic or not, but can you talk a little bit about what your feelings about that are? Uh, yeah, I'd be certainly happy to talk about uh, organic versus uh, conventional. Um, I, in uh, How Not to Die, I, have, uh, I talk about a, a modeling study that suggested if half of Americans eat a single more serving of fruit or vegetables every day, it would prevent 20,000 cases of cancer every year. That's how powerful fruits and vegetables are. Yeah. But because we're talking about conventional fruits and vegetables, pesticide-laden fruits and vegetables, the extra pesticide burden on the American public, if they were to do that, would cause... 10 cases of cancer. So overall, we would just prevent 19,990 cases of cancer. That shows you the tremendous benefit from fruits and vegetables versus the tiny bump in risk. But you say, wait a second, why accept any risk at all? Get all benefit, no risk by choosing organic. Fantastic. But we should never let concerns over pesticides prevent us from stuffing our face with as many fruits and vegetables as possible. 
Thank you. I love you for saying that. So the simple truth number two I have is food, in fact, is medicine, doctor, right? You put researchers to the desk. We know that we can reverse some of our leading causes of death, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, improve digestion, increase our energy, help us sleep better, have more physical function like sex and general health and vitality and mental health. I mean, that's how I want to live, baby, right? That's right. We have (laughs) tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors. So doctor, we already touched on it, but I want to talk about our number one disease and our number one killer, I guess I should say, is heart disease. And you would say, basically, I think if I could speak for you, you would say to a patient, switch to a whole food plant-based diet, which has been repeatedly shown not to help prevent disease, but arrest and even reverse it. How did I do? And also prevent it. Let's say prevent, arrest, and reverse. That's the way to do it. Arrest and reverse, exactly. So let's dig into that a little bit. So heart disease is a number one killer, and we can reverse it, prevent it, and correct it through our diet. Give me something right there. Well, so, and we can track our progress with what's called LDL cholesterol, so-called bad cholesterol, is a leading risk factor for heart disease. And by getting our levels low enough, we can slow down, prevent, and reverse. And we can do that through diet alone. So just by getting rid of the three things, reducing our intake of the three things that increase our LDL cholesterol, we can, on average, achieve perfect cholesterol. Number one is saturated fat, which is found in meat, dairy, and junk. Number two is trans fats, found now exclusively really in animal products now that we've made it illegal in the rest of the food supply. And then uh, dietary cholesterol, found mostly in eggs, but also throughout the animal kingdom. Those are the three things that increase our LDL cholesterol. And so we should try to reduce those as much as possible. Um, And for most people, that's all they need to do. Um, That'll bring an average cholesterol down to 148 and LDL cholesterol down to 68. These are perfect uh, numbers. Now it's a bell curve. Some people may be doing better. Some people are still going to be a little too high, in which case then you have to add to your diet foods that actually pull cholesterol from your system. And that's kind of the portfolio diet approach. Um, which is a portfolio of different plant foods that pull your cholesterol down, like soluble fiber-containing foods, like slimy foods, eggplant, okra, oatmeal, um, that pull cholesterol down, also eating nuts and soy. And um, uh, there's other things, the portfolio diet. So I encourage people to check that out. And most people should be able to get a perfect cholesterol, which for primary prevention, um, it's a lifetime under an LDL of 70. If you already have um, a heart disease and you're trying to stop and reverse it, then we really need to force it down 30 to 50 or even lower. Okay, great. So if you have a DNA, a family history of heart disease, and you go to the doctor, they ask these questions. So you can actually reverse your DNA. You don't have to be like, oh, well, everybody in my family had heart disease, so I'm going to have heart disease. It's just simply not true, right, Doc? Yeah, I mean, diseases run in families, but so do bad diets. I mean, we have, I mean, the evidence is it doesn't matter 
essentially what your what your family history is, as long as you're eating healthy enough. Now, some people, though, I mean, you put two people on the exact same diet, and they'll end up with different cholesterols. There are different uh, genetic predispositions. But instead of throwing your hands up, if you have a higher than normal cholesterol on a healthy diet, instead of throwing your hands up, well, no, no, you just have to eat healthier than everybody else. Some people can get away with eating crap once in a while. Um, just because of their genetics, but some people really have to eat healthy. Right. Um, and so really for those people, they just need to double down. 100%. Now let's move to your family. Like you have a history of prostate cancer in your family, right? So don't you? Who had prostate cancer? <laughs> I thought maybe, well, maybe for someone who does. <laughs> no, one, no one's got prostate cancer in my family. Well, Not that I know that. of. <laughs> Well, let's hope nobody does, but if God forbid they did, or for those people who do, what would you say? I know you would say, put down that glass of milk, add flaxseed to your diet. There really are ways to prevent, right? Yeah, great. Those are fantastic options. Yeah, so uh, the the two diseases most strongly associated with dairy consumption are prostate cancer um, and Parkinson's disease. And so for those are the two main reasons that you want to switch to a plant-based milk or I mean, never need to drink any milk at all. But if you're going to put something on your cereal, um, those are the key reasons why you'd want to do plant-based. Um, and then, yeah, there's, uh, there are certainly particular foods beyond just a healthy plant-based diet that can help. But, uh, you know, Dr. Dean Ornish, who published the Lifestyle Heart Trial, the first one to actually prove you could reverse the course of of a heart disease after, you know, knocking off killer number one, turn to killer number two, cancer, and put men with prostate, early stage prostate cancer on the same diet, their reverse heart disease. And lo and behold, for the first time ever, we saw a reversal of the progression of prostate cancer as well. So, uh, you know, their uh, PSA or prostate specific antigen, which is kind of a marker of prostate cancer progression, went down, whereas the control group who was told to follow the diet, whatever their doctor told them to eat, continued to get worse, which is what cancer tends to do unless you're on this healthy diet. So right. and we also have data for advanced stage prostate cancer uh, with beneficial effects of a diet as well, although not as um, dramatic. So the earlier we can eat healthier, the better. The better. And same with liver disease, right? I mean, liver disease, I read in your book that uh, drinking coffee can help reduce inflammation in your liver. Right. So, yeah. And we actually have, right, randomized controlled trials, not just the coffee drinkers tend to have healthy livers, but you take people with uh, liver inflammation, you randomize them to coffee and actually get uh, a decrease in inflammation. Um, of course, critically important not to drink alcohol for your liver health. Um, but now the leading cause of liver failure is actually non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, which is fueled by our obesity epidemic. Right, exactly. So, yeah, save the milk for the cows. <laughs> Put oat milk not on your cereal, but on your oatmeal. <laughs> Forget, <Sounds good>. you. <laughs> Forget you, crispy, sweet, sugary thing. And then high blood pressure, speaking of sugary things, you know, you say that um, hypertensive drugs, you can kind of equal those by using hibiscus tea without the side effects in certain cases. Talk about So that. hibiscus tea does drop one's uh, high blood pressure to the same extent as a leading high blood pressure pill uh, called Captopril, which is one of the ACE inhibitor drugs. Um, uh, and that's, uh, but that was... 
I believe it was two strong cups of Mrs. T in the morning. Yeah. Um, uh, was was the equivalent for that particular study? Uh, ground flaxseed can bring your uh, for your blood pressure down as well. There's all sorts of natural ways we can do it as well. Of course, reducing our salt intake. Ideally, we should not um, have salt in the house, in the kitchen, or at the dining room right. table. And so, yeah, yeah. If you want Great. broken bones when you're older, eat all that soy sauce on your sushi, <laughs> or rather, don't. <laughs> so, in addition to showing what to eat to help prevent the top 15 causes of death um, in How Not to Die. You also include your daily dozen, Dr. Greger's daily dozen. And that's a checklist of the foods we should try to consume every day, full of practical, actionable advice, this book is, uh, and surprising advice. You know, innovative nutritional science is why I'm your super fan. And, you know, these doctor's orders from you, these are exactly what we need to live longer, healthier lives. And Mother Nature's no joke, man. She's packing the punch we need. And we got to say no to all the big food, big pharma processed convenience food, which I changed my my life forever by you saying, don't ever say convenience is killing us because an apple, there's nothing more convenient. That's right. (laughs) So you guys... I am a big fan of Dr. Gregor. I cannot implore you enough to take charge of your own life, take charge of your health and your destiny because your DNA is not your destiny. And please go and buy his books. They are not feeding his wallet. They are feeding the education and the experience of all of us to use mother nature, use food. The salt we need is in the foods that we consume naturally. No adding of anything. Stick to those ingredient labels with just a few ingredients or one that you can crunch right off the shelf. (laughs) So, Dr. Greger, I love that you're on your treadmill. I'm going to have to talk to you about that another time because I know we're out of time about how you get all those miles in every day. Definitely, you're inspiring me there. But outside of helping us all feel better, do better, be better, read more, educate ourselves through your research, your unbelievable dedication to this cause, how else do you find your freedom, Doc? How else do I find my freedom? Yeah, because freedom's to me, right? What does freedom mean to you? <laughs> I love that freedom, smile. Freedom. You might have just as big a smile as me. <laughs> freedom, freedom uh, to me is uh, is you know is informed consent. Is uh, you have to inform yourself, uh, you know, uh, to to make uh, to make decisions. You have to inform yourself to know uh, the pros and cons of each. So that's how I find my freedom by educating myself, and then I can share that information with others, and then we can all make informed decisions in our lives around one of the most important things, which is the health and well-being of our families. A hundred percent. And ourselves, because we matter to our families. That's the proverbial oxygen mask, right? That's right. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Well, I want to make sure um, that I haven't missed anything that you want to say. If you had like two seconds to say something to somebody who was trying to make a change or wanted to do better, what would you say? What's your first, what's your word of advice? I would share the good news that we have tremendous power over our health, destiny, and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors. So there's only one diet in our book, kids, and that's plant-based. So get after it, and you're going to feel the effects 
As soon as you do. Thank you so much to my guest, Dr. Greger. Uh, let them all know where they can find you. Where do they find all your they stuff? They can come to nutritionfacts.org, my nonprofit site. That's the one. Thank you so much to my guest, Dr. Greger. This is In My Heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along and send us any questions that you have about your health and nutrition. We're here for you. And don't forget to download and subscribe. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.